Welcome to Medium Rare. I'm your host, Carolyn Portner. Sizzle, sizzle, pop, pop, sizzle, boom. Can you hear that? That's the sound of us igniting conversations about disabilities, invisible, visible, physical, or mental. And here on the Medium Rare Grill, we believe one thing is true. No matter how we're cooked up, we're all still meat. Let's get cooking, good lookings. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the first episode of Medium Rare. Ooh, baby. Is it getting hot in here or is it just me? Probably because we're lighting up the grill for the first time and popping the cherry on disability real talk. I'm kicking things off by interviewing Marie Dajane Lewis, who has the same rare disability as me, multiple hereditary exitosis, MHE for short. And if you haven't heard me talk about my benign tumor-infested bod, that's MHE, a rare disease where I was born with large benign tumors and deformed bones. They've been throwing parties on my bones since the 90s. My tumors are some real good time guys and gals, am I right? Damn. I can feel that tumor on my leg throwing a kickstand right now. Good man. Good man. My MHE bumpy bone friend, Marie, is a news director, journalist, artist, and active advocate for disability rights and anti-ableist ideals. She hopes to bring awareness to the realities of living with chronic illnesses through her art, specifically her fabulous coloring book, Chronically Spooky, and her merchandise that highlights her art activism. She's also the founder of Rare Community, a social network for those living with chronic illnesses. And what is so amazing about this episode is I've never spoken with anyone else with MHE. MHE is a rare disease that only affects one in every 50,000 people in the world and in the U.S. Multiple hereditary exitosis is actually considered what they call an orphan disease because it affects less than 200,000 people in the country. And let me tell you, orphan disease, huh? Eat your heart out, Annie. You know, Broadway's redheaded orphan. You may be missing parents, but guess what? Marie and I, we're missing non-mutated genes. I'm ready to trauma bond with you, Shirley Temple, in heaven. And though I inherited my genetic disorder from my father, we actually never talked about it. And don't worry, we'll get deeper into this juicy, familiar disability dynamics in this two-parter episode with Marie. Now, I found Marie by Insta-stalking, one of my many specialties, via an MHE hashtag. And if I'm being honest, it took me a long time to reach out to Marie. Marie exudes so much confidence around her advocacy. And as someone still learning about my disability, I was intimidated by her fierceness. I think I was afraid, honestly, to jump into the unknown of seeing myself in someone else. But turns out overcoming that scary feeling allowed me to actually be seen by someone with a level of authenticity I've never experienced. And I'm so happy I gained the lady tumor balls to reach out to Marie and to do this podcast in general. So here's the first meet cute with Marie Dajane Lewis, my MHE sister. Hi. Oh my gosh. Well, welcome to my medium rare podcast, Marie. Oh, Thank you so much for having yeah. me. I'm so excited. I've been like waiting for this all week. I even put makeup on. Can you believe that? Like that's how excited oh, I am. You're better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yay, I showered for the first time in three days. Woohoo! Oh my god, I, oh. <laughs> I showered too. Like it's a big deal. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> it is a big deal with quarantine. Um amazing. Um Marie, I'm so, I'm so happy to have you here for the audience. Um, we have Marie on with us today. Um, Marie is someone 
-hmm. I'm really excited to interview today. I think, so Marie has my, the same disability Mm -hmm. that I have, multiple hereditary exotosis, um, MHG for short, you'll hear us call Mm -hmm. it MHG throughout the interview. Um, and what's really cool is that Marie, I, I have not met anyone outside my family with, um, multiple hereditary exotosis because, you know, it is a rare disease. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, even within my own family, we just, we didn't talk a lot about it. And so I'm really excited Mm -hmm. to just like really get deep with you about this or just hear someone else's Mm -hmm. point of view other than a doctor's or, um, your or my my own because really it's just me in my head ping-ponging back and forth what I think of my own disability because I haven't talked to anyone really about it so um I'd love to know you know I I define MHE as um a a a bone disorder where I had tumors all over my body and they weren't trying to kill me they weren't you know malignant they were just like on my bones kind of trying to hang out and you know they're they were just there the tubers just with you part of you type of thing (laughs) yeah they were just hanging out on my bones my bones our bones are a cool place for tumors you know why not um the the bumpier the better Yes, the bumpier the better. I love that. I mean, honestly, why would you want smooth bones? What about smooth bones yeah. is fun? It's really, there's no, I, it's. You don't have the challenge. You don't have the unpredictability. There's no spontaneous, like, things that could happen. You know, I love the fact that I could walk and you never know. Is something going to get stuck? Am I going to, like, twist my ankle and not be able to move? Like, there is so much, like, you just never know what's going to happen, you know, when you have all of these conditions. Can you explain in your definition what multiple hereditary exotosis is, which is what we both share? We both have a genetic mutation, baby. (laughs) Give it up for genetic mutation. And we are fabulous. Yes. tell you (laughs) but yeah so multiple hereditary exostosis also called um hereditary multiple exostosis also called multiple osteochondritis um it's got so many names depending on where you live um it is a genetic disorder that's characterized by a heparin sulfate defect what's so cool about mhg is um i've been trying to focus a lot of my advocacy on it is because it's known for the bumpy bones because that's like the scariest part of it. It's like you, it's noticeable, the bumpy bones, but it's not just a bone disorder. We actually have a heparin sulfate defect. And so the way that it affects every patient, it changes. Like I've seen people who are, who I've like talked to people who they've not affected by heparin sulfate, like whatsoever, like all they have is just bumpy bones. And then you have people like me who I wind up in the hospital more because of heparin sulfate related issues than my bumpy bones. Like, um, Mm -hmm. and so it's just really, it's awesome because I've noticed within the last year, um, since I've been starting my advocacy brand focused on um, the rare issues with that and like pushing it, it's like, I've noticed there's actually been talks about people in in the community starting to mention heparin sulfate where I never mentioned it before. And so like, I see it's actually like becoming a thing where people want to know, okay, well, what actually is my body? Because I know I have this bone problem, but it seems like the bone problem is actually the symptom 
and there's so much more that we have to like find out totally and i mean that i i want to kind of get into a little bit of the weeds mm-hmm. of like you know what is heparin sulfate and then also like mm-hmm. give a little bit of definition for the audience of oh, what yeah, of mhe course. is if you don't mind like yeah and so the name actually only talks about a symptom the the multiple hereditary exostosis the bone tumors so if we are to be actually like accurate that name actually isn't accurate to what we actually have because it's a heparin sulfate defect and the name actually um scopes over that heparin sulfate defect because heparin sulfate is essential to the extracellular communications so it's like essential it's as essential as a nucleus is to a cell and so because we have defective heparin sulfate every single cell that we have is built wrong we're built differently than other people and so heparin sulfate is essential in the um in the tumor suppression. And so that's why we have a lot of bone tumors because we have defective heparin sulfate, but also um, heparin sulfate is essential in your gastric system, connective tissue, um, your neurological, um, your brain, your heart, your lungs, kidneys, everything. Um, Symptoms of heparin sulfate defect is stuff like um, menstrual issues, endometriosis, um, POCS, um for me myself i so i'll just i'll list what i experience because a lot of people experience different stuff and so it's really important to know that when you have mhe you might not experience some of these things but that doesn't mean that your case of mhe is how mhe is because i have a lot of mhe is trying to tell me that because they don't experience these symptoms it's not from the MHE and that's just ignorant and it invalidates a lot of people. I, you know, I really, I, we, I have so much to talk to you about, but I'm curious too about how <laughs> you feel like MHE is translated into your adulthood and everything. And I feel like for me, um, I, it's hard to feel and going from a visible disability to an invisible one of like, there is a need for like validation in a way that I do feel like where it's like, you know, I, someone, you know, recently I was explaining, you know, I, yeah, I have a disability. I'm starting this podcast and they were like, Oh, but I don't see it. And it's that whole phrase. You don't see it that I'm curious how you react to it is how I react to it in such a weird way because it, it was pretty visible in the past. And so it gets confusing when, Mm-hmm. now it's not how do I react like, is this where is it yeah it's and it's like for me I used to love that honestly like that used to be one of my like a couple of years ago the best compliment you could give me is but I didn't know you don't look sick like I used to love that and then I started unsubscribing to ableism and I started realizing how invalidating that was and that really, it like contributes to imposter syndrome because you think that you have to look a certain way to be disabled and they don't realize it doesn't matter how you look, it's how you feel. Like you can't see my DNA. Like, yeah, some of the bones got chopped off, but my DNA is still dysfunctional. Nothing will ever change that. And it, it sucks too, cause like some of the bones I chopped off, they're growing back now. And so, like, that's something that, like, bothers me a lot because, like, I'll get my legs stuck. Same. Oh, my God. I found one the other day, Marie. Marie, I'm sorry. It's sometimes it's just, like, 
hide and peek, hide and seek. It's like, oh, hello. Like there's one on my leg again. And I'm like, okay, where'd you come from? When did you get back here? Welcome back. You you were supposed to be gone. Right. Yeah. Like, and and like that bothers me sometimes because like, like the worst thing for me was getting my leg blocked. And so my legs get locked, my knee gets locked. I get really, really frustrated. It kind of sets me back because it's like so triggering. It's like, you remember back in the day when you couldn't walk in elementary school because your leg was locked for hours. And it's like, for me, when my leg gets locked, I have to pull it off. Like I just uh, massage it and do what I can until I pull it off. Um, And so it's like, again, it's like, yeah, you may not think I look disabled, but here's the thing. You have no idea what's internal. And that's one of the big parts of my advocacy is it is a lot of my disabilities are invisible. Like, because too, not only, and like that's something that helps when I learned a lot about heparin sulfate, because when I thought just bone tumors um, was like the thing with MAT, that contributes to the imposter syndrome because when you get them cut out, well, MAT should be gone, right? You don't have those tumors anymore. Are you really disabled? And so learning about heparin sulfate and seeing how like, it's so validating to me when I learned heparin sulfate because I always thought all of my problems that doctors told me wasn't related to MAT was related to MAT because they can never figure out why I always had migraines. They can never figure out why I was always so sick. All of the tests came back fine. All, like according to all of the tests, I was, normal. I was healthy, but I was anything but. And so when I learned about heparin sulfate and how it causes migraines, how it causes cyclic vomiting, how it causes gastric issues. I was like, I I wish I could have taken that research. I found like go to every single doctor and be like, I was right. I was right. I was right. Because it's like, I just knew deep inside that it was so much more than just MAT. And so that helped me a lot with my imposter syndrome, because every time I would feel like, well, maybe it's not that bad. I was remembering like, it's a heparin sulfate defect. It's not a bone disorder. Yeah, I mean, like, there's so much you that you live with. Yeah, I mean, it's the imposter syndrome of it all. It is really challenging in general to be who we are today and not feel <laughs> imposter syndrome. But then when you add this like big label of disability mm-hmm. to it and the varying, you know, degrees of it in our world and humanity, it's like it's hard to not feel invalidated at times. Mm-hmm. And um Oh my god, I totally lost my train of thought. But um, man, what were you just saying? Oh my god, I totally lost my train of thought. All right, I'm gonna blame MHE for losing my train of thought now because it affects my brain. Okay. You know what? It's honestly, I was just about to say I deal with that all the time because it's part of the neurological aspect. Like, I my memory is so bad. Like, I will literally be in the middle of talking and just. The words are gone. I mean, you know, and like I, I'll literally be like about to take my medicine, and then boop, I forget to take my medicine, even though it's right in front of me. And I'm saying that because I forgot to take my medicine, and it's right in front of me. <laughs> like my memory is just so bad, and I've under I've accepted that now because like part of body acceptance is accepting the things you don't like about your body, mm-hmm. and that's really important because. Um, having any type of resentment towards your body will harbor negativity towards yourself and towards your body. And so even like, I, like, I hate the fact that my brain can't remember stuff because 
as valedictorian and broadcast director for almost eight years. And like on, I was always on point. And so it took a while for me to accept that migraine has been under a lot of stress after six years long of migraines and after two TIAs. And it's like understanding that I need to show the grace to my body and to myself and stop hating these aspects that happen that I can't control. And so it's like, I don't hate my memory anymore. You know, it's like, I, I get frustrated sometimes, but I remind myself, I'm like, yeah, you need to be kind to that day. <laughs> it has been under a lot. Yeah. Like, I have I'm... to remind my mom a lot um, that I, she's like, what's with you? Why can't you remember stuff? And I'm like, well, you'd be surprised what years of neurological damage can do. <laughs> But, and it's like, that's okay, you know? It's like accepting that that's part of your body and it's your life that's taking power over something that you had no power over. Because we have no power over our bodies. Well, and I we can... have no power over the symptoms or the diagnosis, but we can accept it and that's power. We can accept it and we can define it however way we want. And I think this is something that I'm sure you can relate to, which is, I always will kind of feel like the tumor mm -hmm. girl inside. Like I just, I feel like I have yeah. little, I mean, I really sometimes still feel like I have the visible ones. They're just, I, I don't know. I will always feel like the tumor mm -hmm. girl. And I know that it's not all I am, but mm -hmm. it is something that I'm, and I, I'm curious to your thoughts on that of like, sometimes I feel like I still oh, yeah. wear the ones that were visible and I don't, it's almost like they're like ghostly on me. Like, you know how it, it really is. It's like the ghost of the tumors. It truly is. And it's like, I totally understand. Cause like deep down, I'm still that tumor little freak. I really am. I'm still that girl who has the golf ball sticking out of her knees, who doesn't know how to say no. Like deep down, she's still there. You know, it's like, She's a part of me and I can't get rid of her because that's not right. Like doing a lot of shadow work has helped me ex embrace every part of me. And part of me is that tumor little freak. But, you know, I don't have to be that tumor little freak that was walked on by everybody. Because that's what I used to be. And so it's like that little girl with tumors, like she's always there. She's always motivating me with everything that I've ever done. I'm always working to make sure that that little girl could have had someone to look up to. Because if I would have had someone to look up to who had MAD, who was pridefully bumpy boned and who always advocated for it, for like the advancement and just the acceptance of it, I would have accepted myself so much longer ago. But I grew up in a time where social media wasn't a thing. Um, I'm very lucky that come like my high school years, that's when social media started becoming more active. But, um, so I didn't really have that advocate leader to like look up to. And so every single day, like that tumor little freak in me is always like working to make sure that there's someone there that someone can look up to. Like I can define my disability <laughs> as a rare disability if I want to, because that's the way that I feel comfortable labeling it. Mm -hmm. And that's the newer thing I'm learning is exactly. I've been meeting new people in disabilities just within the writing the writing community mm -hmm. in LA and like you know, I there was a meeting um I uh, with like a the writers guild thing and I went to the first like disability committee and I was like they started talking about the label of the group and I got so uncomfortable and I was like I don't 
know if I find mm-hmm. I align with this specific label. Do I, do I not? And it's, it's the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. of the fact is, is no matter which, mm-hmm. which way you label it, it all falls under an arch. It all falls mm-hmm. under an, umbra- an umbrella of mm-hmm. like our bodies challenge us in ways that people may not see, people may not know or understand or have the knowledge mm-hmm. of, but the whole goal and what I'm so passionate about ever since I've like really realized the power of not holding a secret is that we need to elevate these mm-hmm. voices so people aren't holding their disabilities as secrets because it will translate mm-hmm. into other ways of people not being true to themselves, people being, t- you know, they're the power behind mm-hmm. like exactly. elevating these voices of disabilities is and beyond my own too mm-hmm. uh, in leaving it to the voice of them to write that but like it it's really Mm -hmm. cool to know that we can change the landscape for people and um that's like Mm -hmm. such a huge passion of mine but it is like the labeling Mm -hmm. it's hard for something with mhg because it it's always going to change there's nothing about mhg that has consistency and i've had to Mm -hmm. really like get comfortable with that i know you had a you had a point earlier that i want to touch on too which is the moment where you were like, oh, I can't hide it anymore. And I had that moment mm-hmm. a couple years ago when I, I have one tumor left on my right leg that's like right by a nerve that runs up my leg. And it was causing me so much pain. And it would it would just be like mm-hmm. days on end of like I, I could barely walk and it was running up my leg and in my mm-hmm. fun titanium hip, you know, they were interacting. And it <laughs> – really challenging because I, I remember I went to a specialist for one of the first times in so long, also avoided going to doctors about mm-hmm. it for so long. And when I did mm-hmm. lay down on the x-ray and I remember just like, I, I couldn't even like turn my leg in the way that the a technician wanted. Mm-hmm. I it, it hurt so bad at that time. And I was sitting there worrying that it was a cancerous tumor because they say that a sign of it is pain mm-hmm. that is un- intolerable was yeah. and I was like oh as I laid on the side of that like x-ray thing after the technician had definitely hit on me I was like this is be <laughs> something that I deal with for my whole life and I better start accepting it now like I've got to figure out how do I accept this now because this mm-hmm. is something that is gonna f- come up and I'm gonna my children will have it and I don't ever want them to feel the the way that I said mm-hmm. and I part of that is like ownership in your adulthood and accepting my own, my own unknowns. And I mean, thankfully Mm -hmm. to this day, it's just a lot of like pain tolerance and I'm a big yogi. I'm a yogi. (laughs) Um, Oh, you're lucky that you could do that. I tried chair yoga once and I kept dislocating and tumors were getting stuck. And so I was like, this is going to happen. Oh, Marie, uh, (laughs) my hip definitely gets stuck sometimes. And I'm like, this is not something that I can do. There is no way I can do one of those tree poses where I I like, there are certain things that they do in there that I'm like, oh, excuse me. I'm going to sit in child's pose slash um, just hold myself in a ball. I I couldn't do that. I would just like, 
Yeah, I would just like do Indian crisscross sitting. I'd be like, that's enough stretching of the joints. You for can me. cross your you know, legs, like, like the little style. You can cross your legs Indian yeah. style. Like, I... yeah, can, can, you can. No, I can't cross my legs Indian style with it because I have two hips, two titanium hips. Oh yeah, because you have the titanium hips. Yeah, see that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I can do it like this style on um, the crisscross style, and that's just it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the stretch. I'm like that's good yeah like i'm more of a um water aerobics for rheumatoid arthritis kind of person and uh, i've done a couple of the courses before and i was the slowest person you know what we need everyone around me was like older and in their 80s but it's okay you know like that that's what it's about (laughs) acceptance and knowing your limitations because you know the way I think of it is it's really cruel for us to put ourselves through a lot of pain for the betterment of society. Totally. Like it's, it's honestly really cruel to make ourselves constantly have to like, like what you were saying with your tumor in your leg and like the nerve pain going up your leg. Like it's so cruel that you have to put yourself through months of that just because you don't want to be labeled something just because you don't want to be disabled because you don't want to have to deal with all of that stuff and it's like that's one of the things that helped me to start to understand I need to accept my disability was it was so cruel that someone at my job told me I was just being lazy when I didn't cut webs for them so they could leave early after I had a 10 inch needle scrape the bones in my hip like and I directed three shows too but like it was sorry I don't mean to scrape yeah oh man i never want to feel that again like that just, i was awake that just, yeah. that's just yeah i never <laughs> want to feel that again my tumors yeah, it was one of those but it's <laughs> <laughs> it's like my tumors cringe at that thought Ugh. but it's like too when it comes to identity so many people um they don't want to identify as disabled and that's okay because a lot of people, they're on different walks of their path to disability pride. You know, like someone may identify as mentally ill. They might identify as chronically ill. Um, I was more comfortable with chronically ill before I found my disability pride mm-hmm. personally. Um, and people might call themselves spoonies. They might call themselves invisibly ill. Like there are so many names that they can call themselves. But one thing that we have to always remember is they are part of the disability community no matter what. If you have a diagnosis, you are part of that disability community. Disability rights matter to you. You are included, you are welcome, and you are accepted with people who truly understand the same types of things because we experience it. It's like there's so many, it's like a massive spectrum when it comes to identifying with this with your condition. And it's like, I truly hope one day by what we're doing today with this advocacy work, that we can make it so that people want to identify as disabled. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I'm trying so hard. Like if someone buys one of my artwork stuff and I send them a print, I'll write, thank you for supporting a disabled artist. Like I want people to be pridefully disabled. And so I hope one day that they'll identify as pridefully disabled, but if they choose not to, that's totally okay too. Like we can't pressure people into identifying in a certain way that they're not comfortable with. Yeah, but you know what? I, we are going to make a huge bear hug. It's going to be this insane, huge bear oh, hug yes. ready and waiting. Yeah. 
And that's what is so exciting is exactly. I, we are here for someone. Can you can you imagine what a big bumpy bear hug of a multiple hereditary exotosis oh, people who own their that like would be so great. Their, their their deformed <laughs> wrists and fingers and toes and arms and we just all bear hug together. Oh man. I like I would love to actually have a meetup of so many MATers. Like that would be that's like a dream of mine, honestly. Um is just like and have it be for the patients, not a fundraising thing, not something that profits off of the patients. I want something for them to where we can connect with each other and we can talk openly about how we feel and we don't feel pressured into donating for a cure that's not gonna happen. It's like something that actually, you know, just connects us because we need to be prideful. We need to be connected. And that's where you'll find the pride is getting mm -hmm. connected with other people who have this condition. Cause it's hard when it's rare. Like so many people don't know other people with MAT and we're lucky to live in this generation where we have this like remote um, access to communicate, you know, it's like so great. I can't imagine. Living I mean, how, right. And how special is it? Like how special this. is it that I found you just by searching hashtag? <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe MHE is in a, maybe what? I'd find Marie in a hashtag. And I found Marie in a hashtag. <laughs> and now you and I are going to start a water aerobics class. I'm going to travel to Virginia and we're going to start a water yeah. aerobics class called Titanium Sneakers not silver sneakers, whatever they call it. So whatever they call those um, aerobics um, elderly. Titanium class. is cooler. Titanium what? <laughs> the titanium is so much cooler than the silver, whatever. 100%. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll start a water aerobics class. It'll go international. There may even mm -hmm. be an added category into the Olympics because we'll mm -hmm. provide some sort of beautiful yeah. array of rules and techniques that will just create a whole new league of sports. I'm sorry, I'm creating an event now, but you know, I want to. Uh, that would be a goal, you know. That would be inclusive and accessible, like to so many people. Though, because you know, I like I'm not an athletic person. Mm -hmm. I've never been. I've never even run a mile in my whole life. I don't run. If you see me running, there is a problem. Mm -hmm. I call nine one one if I am running. That that's it. I don't run. And so, like, something like that, though, that makes it accessible. Like, I love pool aerobics. Maybe I should get back into it one day. I don't know. I always say that I'll join a gym, and when I join the gym, I don't go. I just pay for the membership. I'm one of those people. Uh, that's – I mean, I get you. <laughs> if I don't – but I'm kind of different where if I don't pay for it, I won't go. So I feel a pressure <laughs> with money. But I yeah. will say we could do – I think um, bumpy tumor bone cannonballs are – completely superior to smooth bone cannibals personally kind of adds a wave to the water oh i have some titanium hip plates do you want to do some bumps um like i, I actually was realizing <laughs> you want to get screwed <laughs> no my favorite puns are the screwed puns because i have um titanium screws in my hip and so i always did the screwed puns for so long after that surgery oh it was my favorite thing to do they're like how are you feeling screwed <laughs> that's so funny um no when i had my titanium and i was just excited that i was pretty much full-on bionic at that point i mean i i couldn't oh yeah you could be a superhero with that i also you know? thought it'd be fun if like you really could yeah and honestly if a um cannibal were to go in and try and eat me up 
they wouldn't be able to, they would, wouldn't be able to have I that. mean, no, but it would be a benefit because it's like a little shish kebab. It's like, oh, I got a little, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the plate itself is a shish kebab. Uh, it's a little thick in the middle. Oh, and two, like, so this is something, so I like to watch a lot of true crime stuff. And so one of the thoughts that has always, like, made me feel a little better, too, is that, like, my bones are so easily identifiable. Oh. You see one of them, and you're like, oh, that's Marie. Oh, <laughs> like, there's no way you won't be able to know which bones are mine. Maybe we shouldn't release this because <laughs> someone's going to come out and murder us. Well, wait, no, we wouldn't actually. Actually, wait, it would be the opposite. We'd be the safest because we're so easily identified yeah, by. because they know exactly and they know that i watch a lot of true crime documentaries and i know what to watch out for now so they we're safe you know? oh my god so funny <laughs> wowzers is it just me or did this episode make you want to cook up some shish kebabs fight superhero crimes with your hips because you can start a water aerobics class honestly marie and i we can do it all matter of time baby and so can you now stay tuned, meet and disability lovers. We still got part two of my interview with my bumpy bone gal pal, Marie. Oh my God, this is so fun, right? Don't go away. 